Hello everyone, Benson here. This is part of a two-part series uh, that uh, Martin, Victor, and myself uh, recorded. Um, stay tuned for part two. Part two, we end up talking about um, uh, the World Cup, uh, Canada qualifying, and uh, Africa. What, uh, why Africa has failed in the world stage and what Africa needs to do to uh, improve in the world stage. Um, and uh, stay tuned and enjoy, enjoy, uh, and, uh, hope, hopefully you enjoy part one. Uh, stay tuned for part two. Yeah. Congratulations to Canada making it to the World Cup for the first oh, yeah. time in 36 <laughs> years. Yeah. It's years. a huge thing for them because... You know, going to this World Cup is is a big boost in the sense that in four years' time, they're going to host the World Cup with yeah. USA and Mexico. Mexico. So yeah. when that World Cup rolls around, they won't feel like, oh, we're just here by default because we're one of the host nations. Yeah. You know, they have earned their stripes to qualify for this World Cup. So they're like, oh, we've done it. So even if we weren't automatically qualified for the World Cup in 2026, we've, we know we've qualified before. So whether the World Cup was somewhere else, we probably would have qualified and been here anyway. So they don't feel like, you know, oh, we're just here by default. We're just here for the party because, you know, we're the host, one of the host nations. So that's huge for Canada and Canadian mm -hmm. football. And uh, it's just amazing to see that they're on the up with, you know, obviously the, like the likes of Alfonso Davis and Jonathan David and mm -hmm. the others. And, you know, it's just great because it's like finally catching up to how the, the women's game is like, because in U.S. and Canada, the women's have been, you know, performing uh, consistently at the top mm -hmm. level uh, when it yeah. comes to World Cups, right? So mm -hmm. it's just nice to finally see that you know, with us living in Canada, uh, and it's nice. And their group with, uh, you know, what they've got, they've, I think Belgium, 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 Croatia, and Morocco. Yeah, I think uh, they could go. They can do something. I think I they think... should qualify to the next round, uh, to the knockout yeah. stage. I think whether they come in first or second, it might be second, but I think they could. Yeah, I think that the way I like to look at it is, Canada has like a very young squad, but uh, Belgium and Croatia are both aging and they're aging really, really fast, mm -hmm. right? But uh, mm -hmm. we can't forget the likes of Luka Modric and uh, but and Kovacic is also coming up in that team. So it's going to be tough. But I think if Canada maybe sit back and if the tactics are on point where, where say, they like hit them on the counter, they have the pace, they have the young boys, maybe they can do something. But uh, for now, it's just a pipe dream. We can look at it later. But I hate the fact that this the 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 World Cup now twice in a year has has been putting my teams against each other for <laughs> for the longest time. Wait, what, what do you mean? Oh, twi twice, uh, two World Cups in a row. Yeah. So, so for, um, last you World Cup team? Argentina and Nigeria, and now it's freaking Belgium, Croatia, and Canada. All in the so, same group. So, so, did you say your team's Belgium? 
Oh yeah, man. I have like four or five teams that I support. So, like, so are you like a, a quartered Belgian or something and a quarter? No, so basically my main team, my number one team, and will always be my number one team because I cried when Brazil beat us in two thousand and two. No, no, no. This, this isn't how it works. I mean, this might be another <laughs> podcast in itself, but my friend, you can't do this. Like, for me, I was born and raised in England, okay? So England's my first team. I've lived in Canada for a long time, and uh-huh. so Canada will be my second team in watching the World Cup because of that. And then the other teams, when you're watching it as a neutral, you're like, Oh, uh, you know, as a neutral, you like you pick a team who you want to win, but you don't support the team. Mm. Oh man, no, 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 that's not how I do it. So I have. No, is this another one? You got players <laughs> FC, you got player FC, you got coach FC, and you got nation FC now. Like I've not heard of this. What is this? This is like an American thing. Like I know, like uh, you know, Americans uh, and Canadians, they pick different teams uh, even if they're not associated to being with that team of where they're living you know it doesn't yeah, make yeah. Sense to me. like you could I, be in my mind in my opinion you can be an, uh, an admirer of that uh, nation or club like like i admire I, belgium <laughs> i admire portugal because I'm a fan of Bruno and Cristiano Ronaldo and Luis Figo back in the day and stuff like that. So I, I like teams, but I I don't support them. Like watch every single game, and you know maybe the small aspect is like for me Portugal because you know I I grew up watching Ronaldo play, you know, and you know I was a fan of Figo and stuff like that because you know Beckham went to Real Madrid, so Real Madrid became a little bit of one of my other teams, but I wouldn't watch them all the time, but I was like a side fan of it, so I get an aspect of what you're saying, but Mm -hmm. it's hard to wrap my head around completely with the nations, (laughs) but I have an idea where you're coming from because, you know, Portugal is, is one of the teams that would be like what you're saying about Belgium, but my question to you would be like, you know, obviously Canada would be one of your teams because you live in yeah, Canada, yeah. right? And, and you've yeah, Canada, is, Canada is one of my teams. So. Yeah, but where were you guys, born? have also supported for years, right? So yeah, which um, and you have an accent too, like me, right? So or not <laughs> the same accent, but like where were you born, my friend? Nigeria. Nigeria. So there we go. Nigeria is your is <laughs> your nation. But I'm yes. guessing they did not qualify, and I'm looking at it here, and I'm not seeing them. No, yeah, they, they, they lost. And, and, and that's not a burn. I'm not trying goal. to burn you, mate. By the way, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so wait, they, like, they, they lost. The, they lost to Ghana on, on away goals. Yeah, and, lost uh, to Ghana on away goals, which was which was brutal. But Nigeria. Nigeria, Ghana, in my opinion, both sides did not deserve to go. Like, I feel actually <laughs> bad that we had to play each other because, in my opinion, there should have Mali would have been a good team to finally get break their you know opportunity to play in the World Cup, but they didn't score the goals that they needed to score. Um, and then you look on the other side, you get to uh, Egypt, Salah missing out on the World Cup. Uh, meanwhile, Ghana is going through on the World Cup, and Ghana, I'm, I'm sorry. I know there's some Ghana Ghanaian guys who listen to this stuff. They're a, they're a bad team. They're yeah. a real bad team. 
Um, Nigeria is a bad team. Really Ghana is a bad team. Like these guys have no business being in this World Cup, and now they're in the World Cup, taking up a slot. And uh, I can just, I can just see them getting knocked out in the first, uh, in the first round. Like seriously, yeah. But you know, you say taking up a slot, but it's 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 great pride for them even to be a part of the World Cup, whichever nation has qualified. And congratulations to all of the countries, nations that have qualified for this uh, up and coming World Cup. I mean, granted, you know, the host nation is there by default and we already yeah. touched about on that with like how Canada um, can, um, you know, in the the one after this one coming can be like, well, we would have qualified anyway. So they have that extra boost of confidence knowing yeah. that they've qualified. But, you know, it's a big thing to be a part of the World Cup, even if you get knocked out of the, you know, the group stage. So, yeah, it is. But I just I'm I'm tired of watching world cups where african teams make it and be absolutely dog shit mediocre horrible yeah, well um, i mean this it, could be a, a podcast in itself but like, it, it could be it could be it, as well. I, I, think, I think to be honest and i think they they have uh, a lot of them have like european coaches like wasn't uh isn't like uh he i forget his name he he was like the assistant to uh, Alex, so Alex Ferguson. And yeah, Carlos Quiroz. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for Egypt, for Egypt right? Yeah. They, they, a lot of African teams, or at least some of them, have uh, European uh, coaches, and, and that's because of the quality, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's more like tactical for the, the African, um, you know, nations. They've got the strength. They've got the power in their physical uh, yeah. ability uh, as um, as individual players. But it's, as we know, football is a team game and a squad game. And so it's getting the best out of them tac- tactically and uh, as a team. Um, and I don't think they have that discipline um, because uh, of factors of uh, cultural things, maybe, perhaps. Uh, I don't know everything. It's more to do with, I, I think, the problem grassroots. is grassroots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's probably another thing. It's, it's grassroots and and, yeah. and 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 financially, maybe they don't have the backing, obviously, compared to Europe or North America. I, I feel like North America is, like, finally catching up. Uh, yep. It's about time um, with, I wouldn't say... They have caught up, but they're trying to make stripes and catching up with Europe and mm-hmm. other te- other nations and other continents like South America. But um, yeah, I think you're right. It is one of the aspects is grassroots, but I also think it's to do with maybe a cultural thing of discipline of uh, tactical uh, um, things on on and off the pitch uh yeah. you know when it comes to training and games and coaches can only do so much um yeah. when they're getting yeah. european coaches right so yeah and a, and a big a big aspect with that grassroots is basically now those those players that are now brought into the into the main team have been breaded like that for so long that it's so hard to kill a bad habit you know what i mean like when 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 you're younger, it's so easy to chop off those bad habits. But when you get older and you've lived with those for years and years, then it just becomes it's it's just like a virus, man. It stays yeah. with you, even no matter how many times you try to cut it out. 
it's still with you, right? So yeah. that's, I, that's a massive thing for Africa. So at, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is still uh, they they're they're there to make up the numbers. The only hope that I really have for any African team right now is Senegal and Morocco. And Morocco is playing is playing in in my opinion the actual group of death, which is Canada's group. Yeah, um, you know I feel like that's the group of death, and a lot of people kind of I, I mean the Spain Germany one is quite is quite the group, but uh-huh. this is this is another uh, uh, group where anybody can go through. Belgium looks like the to be the shoehorn, but um, you know things Canada, can yeah things can get hairy. Canada Morocco are absolutely uh, good teams. Croatia is also a good team, even though they're old. But they're aging like fine wine, in my opinion. Yeah, so, they've got the experience. So it, I, yeah, I didn't it. actually notice like none of the groups stood stood out to me this yeah. World Cup, of which was the group of death. But I guess you're right. Like if any would be, it would be uh, Group F uh, in, in the, that one that we spoke about with Canada, Belgium, Morocco, and uh, Croatia. But I guess if not that one. Uh, USA with England. I don't know how well USA have been doing in the, these times, these days. But not it'll, be, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see yeah. if uh, Wales or Ukraine or Scotland make it because yes. you know yeah. if it's Wales or Scotland, it's a British derby, right? With England, yep. and then if yep. it's Ukraine, we know what's happening to Ukraine right yep. now. Unfortunately, um, I think. They would be everyone's second team. Oh, is my um? No, no. I I think that comes with somehow is the feed. It's okay, but it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was hearing it cut out a bit. Oh. So I think uh, Ukraine could be everyone's team, like Denmark, like everyone's second team, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. The the, the Ukraine piece. Uh, Become, becomes a thing uh, if they make it. Um, but if it's Scotland or Wales, uh, you bet you that uh, England will be in a real hairy situation because uh, Scotland doesn't. They, they don't. We saw with the Euros what happened, and Wales actually. Wales, well, I watched, it was a draw, and for them it was a win, right? Yeah, it was a win. Yeah. And and well, against it was a draw, but for them it was a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. For them, it, it felt like a win, right? Yeah. But but for against Wales, I watched the qualifiers for Wales, and Wales were just their fans. Oh my god! It was it was almost like watching a Premier League game. They were all singing this one song, and I don't know what it was. I was overcome with so much emotion listening to them sing. I was just like, this is crazy. Like. The whole fa- the whole nation, uh, or or the whole fans in that stadium, belted out this tune, and it just felt like they were will like they were pushing. It's almost kind of you know how when you're watching and uh, the the either the Stratford end goes wild or the cop goes wild, and they're like their energy is just pushing the team to to uh, uh, to to get to get the results that's needed. And, yeah. yeah, that's how it felt like when watching Wales. And I said, look, if England gets Wales. <laughs> I, I didn't uh, see that game, but I, I saw the Gareth Bale goal from that free yeah. kick. And what a goal right in the top yeah, bins. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. 
I just have one more thing to say before we wrap up finally. Yeah, yeah. Wait, um, <laughs> yeah um, with the African thing that we're the African topic that we were talking about, it would be really interesting to see the teams of each of the African nations, each of the African countries, of of how the teams would look if players like Paul Popper. Uh, Mbappe, like if they would, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know exactly where their um, like heritage comes from, uh, yeah. but I know Paul Popper has his brother play for. Is it Ghana? Is it- um, I think you're from Congo. Congo, Congo. it's Congo. Yeah. Is it Congo? Yeah. But yeah. anyway, just using that as an example, so they would have the would have had Paul Popper and and all his brothers, um, and then like. You know, if 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 you do like those ones, I don't know where Mbappe's heritage roots uh, goes back to. Yeah, I um, think it's uh, Nigerian. No, it's not Nigeria. I know something else, but but I, I hear where you're going with this. Yeah, that's my point: is to yeah. see what type of teams, because how you were saying, like you know, with the grassroots, the way they're developed, and then you look at you know the the African type. Uh, players that are in Europe and around the world, like, um, you know, uh, where's um, Alfonso Davis originally from? Uh, Liberia. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. was an, a refugee from Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Liberia. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's so many different examples like that of how they've been developed in, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but a first world country, right? Where they've got yeah. the the um the the funds for the grassroots to yeah. to help them along the way and the their expertise in the the top level coaching uh, because mm-hmm. they've got the you know facilities and the 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 financial situation to develop yeah. those players. It, it's just interesting to look at and see I- what type of teams they would conjure and how that would change african football um in the world cup right yeah Mm -hmm. i'll be honest with you i don't think they will amount to anything um you back home when we were in nigeria you have no idea how many players that i saw and i was just like if this player ever got the opportunity to you know make it out into you know uh, europe or something you have no idea how uh, uh, um, you know how phenomenal that that player will be. In fact, we always used to say back home, back in the day, and this was kind of the time when Ronaldinho or uh, Zidane, you know, were dominating uh, football at the time. And we always used to say, you know, uh, Nigeria has ten of those, you know, sitting sitting around. But the problem is um, the way the system is designed it's not conducive to their development of making them into something uh, that uh, that uh, will thrive, um, you know, in, in the game today. And that's that's just the reality. There's, there's a lot of players back home that just absolutely are on another level when it comes to football um, that they just, they never get found. You know, they, they end up, uh, uh, the system ends up failing them. Um, or for whatever reason, they just don't make it out. And, um, you know, that's just a talent that we lose, right? So if they were in their actual countries or or not not like when I say actual countries in like their, their, their parents' place of, yeah, place of birth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
they will they will not be what they are today. Pogba will not be what he is today. He would just be a player that's you know he he'll be Pogba, but he'll be a player that's just not good enough uh, yeah. for for Manchester for for even Juventus or Manchester United or anything or even France if you want to call it that, right? Yeah, so. I, th- I think what my point of what I was trying to make with that is like if you trace those players back and and in like a a scenario world, um, the African uh, continent was. Um, well off in um, in 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 grassroots, and it was like like a like Europe is that what talent and teams uh, they were able to produce and compete in the World Cup, and they could be contenders. Um, you know, trying to win that World Cup uh, realistically, as if like um, you know, France is doing right, um, mm-hmm. for example, and. and and it also got me thinking, um, just when you were talking, uh, and you mentioned Brazil with uh, Ronaldinho, yep. isn't I'm not sure exactly, but isn't uh, South America pretty close? Maybe they're better uh, off in their grassroots financially, but uh, they've been able to compete with um, their grassroots, not being as strong as Europe with the likes of... You know, Argentina with Diego Maradona back in the day, and now they have Messi and, uh, you know, and with Brazil and Neymar and, you know, back, you know, in 2002 uh, when they won the World Cup and the other World Cups they won. Um, My point is, like, Brazil, with not having the financial structure within their grassroots, have able to produce um, and, and... get World Cups and 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 fight and almost get World Cups, right? Fight for the chance to get it. And Africa has fallen short. Um, is is it is it also to do with the mentality, tactical and um, and um, cultural thing? Yeah. So the difference, the difference. This is a very good, very good I, observation I think, that you've made. Wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have brought touch on this, but I, I want to just speak to this key piece there. Brazil, or at least South America in general, have at least always had a pathway for players to, you know, get up to uh, what they call it, um, their uh, 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 to a professional, you know, mm-hmm. setting or a national setting. And I think this only happens due to the history of yeah, how Pelé, they perform, it, right? yeah, Pelé broke that duck for them, right? Exactly. And then, so, and then you have the likes, like we said, Diego Maradona. So exactly. So because yeah. because if you look at the modern, if you look at the modern modern day uh, football now, South America, it's nowhere close to what Europe is now. Europe is the dominant powerhouse for football, and the mm-hmm. reason being is all that investment, that time, the modernization of the game. Uh, they've been able to, you know, uh, uh, improve and and kind of separate themselves from the pack, right? But when well, you look and, at South... And they originated from England, like the game as we yeah. know it now, how it's organized was, you know, came from England and then it, and then it yeah. grew around the world, so... Absolutely. And and now uh, Europe really, like, there's, um, there's a... Um, uh, you, uh, you guys should probably check it out. Football Made Simple. They talk about how Germany, 
uh, has improved themselves. It talks about how England has uh, started to find the right players to uh, really make a push in the in, in the international uh, stage. And um, all this stuff that they're doing, as they're doing all this stuff, the rest of the world is being left behind because they are not they are not quite catching up. So they're kind of uh, Brazil instead or South America instead or what they're trying to do now is you know continue what they've been doing before but really ship and move their um, uh, youth forward into the professional settings in Europe. So if you look back in the day, uh, a lot of these guys barely played for European teams. But now, uh, after a while, that cut up to them. You know, after a while, it, they, you know, the, they, they, uh, they haven't been able to perform at the biggest stage. Where did Brazil finish last time? You know, the, the last time we saw um, uh, uh, Euro, uh, sorry, South America make it to the final, they lost to, they lost to Germany, uh, you know, in, in the finals. Uh, Argentina against um, uh, Germany in the World Cup final 2014. And when Germany faced Brazil, what happened? Uh, Germany spanked them 7-1. When, when Brazil faced uh, Belgium, they lost to Belgium 2-1. Like, so the game has moved on in a, such an advanced way that they need to catch up. And the only way they can catch up now is they need to like ship a lot of their products out to Europe. As horrible as that sounds, they need to ship out their products out to Europe uh, to be able to play catch up. Um, and give those guys the education they need because they cannot keep up locally against uh, the power of the, of, of the European teams. Like there's yeah. so much money in the game now; it's so advanced, it's so modernized. You can't you can't compete with the way you're setting up. And I think there's the problem with Africa. Africans really need to ship out a lot of their products, unless or or, or uh, and I don't know how we're going to be able to do this, but improve they, they need to be you know. they need to be very very aggressive in in getting to know who's their player right away right yeah, or, or even or even or maybe maybe not even that maybe be methodical i i think samuel eto actually was talking about this because eto is a big he's he he won how many two different trebles one with barcelona one with inter milan right yeah, um, and uh he won two different trebles and uh, uh, in my opinion, he's the most decorated African uh, player, uh, you know, in, in football. And he was saying how we should, rather than invest or send our kids out, we should invest in, in our own home. And I agree with him, but there's so much, so much, there's so much issues. And these are the things that you mentioned, uh, Martin. You talk about the cultural problems and things like that. There's also corruption. Uh, rampant in some of these countries where they, you know, the the it's it's you know who pays me or who takes care of my wallet first, that's who I help, right? So there's so many different things that come into play there, and Ethel he he may be able to do it, but I don't know, right? Um, I just think that we're so far behind. It mm -hmm. will take us another like eight years, in my opinion, for us to even think of catching up, because uh, football moves quick and it's really moving very quick and it's leaving Africa behind. Yeah, yeah. I think like even in the past, like Europe was still the powerhouse because like, you know, go, going off like who's won the World Cup and stuff like that. I mean, Uruguay, they were doing really well back in the day, weren't they? I mean, yeah, they've, they've won some World Cups. Yeah. 
before 1950s, they were doing well. <laughs> but, but like, but, um, I was just gonna say that you know when you say like the like likes of catch up, um, I think that you know Brazil and Argentina had caught up a bit, but it was because of um, you know they had individuals um, yep. and so many individuals to have an amazing you know starts in eleven. <laughs> You know, yep. with that 2002 team, um, for example, you know, you can name off so many players that they had, and I, I don't even know need to do that. But I think it was more the individuals that they had helped them where, mm-hmm. um, you know, they play that Brazilian type of football. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I forget the name of it. but Joga Bonito. Yeah, I don't even think I could say that, but <laughs> yeah, they, they play that. Yeah, the samba, yeah, the type of football, and um, and and I think they've got the skill and the talent and the passion for it, and they mm-hmm. had the players, um, whether it's Brazil or Argentina or Uruguay back in the day, um, or whichever you know nation they had the players and they had enough players or enough one or two key players uh, and built a team around to supply the likes of Maradona and, and things like that. And, and there was other key players as well, but mm. he was the star, obviously, as we know. I think they had that to get them to win the World Cups, uh, to, as you say, catch up to Europe, who has the structural and financial backing and uh, the history of the game being in Europe longer mm-hmm. than than a lot of publications yeah right so (laughs) i think for them to catch up again you know they need those super because it sounds like it's going to be a tough ask to have that grassroots uh grow and uh develop into uh the likes of european uh grassroots i mean we can compare you know canada and us but you know they're a lot of their um athletes are taken from them with likes the likes of hockey and baseball and american football so they have a smaller pool to to pick from and but at least the sport is growing in the past like you know 15 20 years where it's got to where it is now yeah no i you you are you are uh spot on spot on with that they they've got to ship the towns out that's the that's the key for um uh, the South American side. And I think that's also the key for Africa football for now. Yeah. But, but really... the, the only the only thing though is basically what I find with these with these uh with these guys that even when the players go out to Europe and they still come back, they have a massive amount of pride in their national country. What I'm seeing with a lot of yes, what I'm do. seeing with a lot of Africans is when they're out there. They don't have that pride, and they say, "Okay, we want to play for England, or we want to play for Germany, oh, and because they're already, or France, because they're already there, and they feel like, oh yeah, this is this is the place, you know." That's why I'm saying, like, the technical director who's who's planning everything needs to be very aggressive, like spot these players real quick. So when is when when they start getting older, you start letting them know, hey, we're thinking of you for the national team in the future. How does it feel? Like, are you down with that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, have these. I see what you're saying, but you I, can't I do that. You're taking yeah. away the agency to choose because if they're going yeah. at like a tender age, you know, whether it's 12 years old or as a teenager 
or whatever age, right? Uh, when they're developing in their youth, so like when they're like eighteen. Okay, so, under, so then, so then, so then we can take, we can take them in and put them in the in the in the U sixteen or the U eighteen. They just need to be aggressive with it. Like I, I know what you're saying, but I don't like. For example, I don't think it works that way. For like, look at us, right? We were we were born in Nigeria. We mm -hmm. spent a good chunk of our lives. I think now I've spent more time now in Canada than in Nigeria, but I very much still feel Nigerian uh, to, to an extent than Canadian. Yes, even though I love Canada, in fact, I feel like Canada fits my personality and who I am as a person. Yeah, uh, it's but, now as well, right? Yeah, but I still feel like tomorrow, if you gave me the option between Nigeria and Canada to represent, um, I'll most likely represent Nigeria because that's just where I grew up in and that's where you know a lot of my culture was defined as a, as a start right I think if yeah, you go I absolutely agree with that and I would do the same with England like yeah for me you know I was born and raised in England I moved over to Canada when I was 18 almost 19 so like mm -hmm. for me I would do the exact same that you were saying uh sorry to cut you off by the way but I would you know be if I had the opportunity, you know, I would play for the England national team over Canada. But if, for for example, some players do this, that they, they realize they're not going to get into the national team for, for, say, England, so they choose another nationality. And I think that happened recently to, uh, was this um, Antonio uh, Padding? Uh, there, there was a Demola Lookman for Nigeria. Uh, maybe you're talking about Miguel Antonio for uh, Jamaica? For West Ham, yeah, right? For West Ham, yeah. West Ham and Jamaica, yeah. Yeah, so he was nationality England and then changed it to Jamaica, right? Because he knew he wasn't going to make it into the England national team. So mm -hmm. then it's like that. So I understand. And you can't take away the, their agency to choose, you know, who they want to represent and their ambitions of oh, am I more likely going to win something with France? Yeah. Uh, for example, Paul Popper. Uh, am I going to do like my brother uh, and play for the African team that mm -hmm. he's from? Uh, the, you know, the country that he's from. So it's kind of tough. And all, all you could do is uh, encourage them to play for, you know, where they were born and raised. Mm -hmm. um and 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 hope that they choose that path if if you want to develop those nations right yeah absolutely like i i i, I agree with that i hear what you're saying victor but i also think that some of these guys don't they they they're making that choice because okay this is an option right like ademola lukman i feel like he made the choice to join nigeria because okay well i'm not really gonna get into that english team there's so many phenomenal players there um, I think I'm going to take the option, which is the uh, Nigerian option. Um, and But the question is, does he really feel Nigerian? Um, and that's the thing. And I think that if you, that's why I say, if you ship the product, that's why I would say ship the product. If you take the player, I know it sounds bad. Yeah, But that's the way it looks like to me, right? But like, if you build up a player, you work on your grassroots, you build up your player, but then you ensure that they have the pathways to go out to Europe and spend some time and learn football in that higher level pers uh, 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 higher level perspective, I feel that they will be much more better players. Like the Brazilians, for example, Rivaldo, Ronaldo, 
uh, Ronaldinho, all these guys spent their time in Europe. They started off, you know, with uh, Santos, Sao Paulo, Gremio, mm-hmm. uh, and all of a sudden, you now see them in Barcelona, Inter Milan, AC Milan. Like, you know, they they ended up uh, their their learning as a football player matured in Europe, and that's the way I feel right now. Work on your grassroots, get them to a certain level, get them out to Europe, and then uh, in the long run, fix up your grassroots and fix up your your, your professional leagues. Uh, that's the only way you're going to be able to get your teams uh, uh, to to the uh, to where or get your country, in my opinion, to the level that you can compete. Because right now we're not even competing. The only competing nation, in my opinion, is Morocco and Senegal. Forget for everybody else. Even we even struggle against Asian teams. Remember last World Cup, Senegal uh, couldn't um, get the business done against Japan, right? Um, and, They're a uh, very technical team, though. Exactly, they are, and but, they have you know, the, the financial backing for their grassroots. So I think exactly. that that is the underlining key factor here. And yeah. I, I, it got me thinking when you were talking there. You know, when you said ship the product. Uh, to to Europe, you know, you can't just go and ship them to Europe like they're a product, to be honest. Like, it it just doesn't work that way, you know, and that's why there's scouts around the world from, you know, football clubs, um, Mm -hmm. and they'll scout them. And unfortunately, I don't think there's many scouts in Africa because of um, maybe it's also to do with political and other things as well, right? But I think... um, it's mainly the grassroots and uh, them not developing uh, to a certain level where the scouts would be like, you know, he's the player that I want to say, hey, you know, Chelsea would like you to try out at the academy, um, uh, youth academy. So we're going to bring them for a tryout. I don't think we're at that stage, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what I'm saying is, I know, as I said, shit the product sounds bad. But that's literally, if you look at Canada, for example, how many of our players play in the Canadian Premier League? Yeah, right? I guess I guess the shit, I guess the shit product. Yeah. Uh, it's sad to say this, and it's it's yeah. always not a, a good situation, and it's not a good thing. And I don't recommend to do this, but uh, with the you know Alfonso Davis, he he was a refugee, yeah. right? You know, yeah. you don't want to be in that situation, and I yeah. I think it's almost like. It's not, uh, this is political. I don't think it's a good thing to do because it's almost like, you know, you're trying to skip the border. I don't want to say the name. <laughs> yeah, the I don't. I don't plastic yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows our movies on the films. Yeah. That we but yeah. you can't jump the border to just be like, oh, I want to live the, you know, American dream, quote unquote. I don't no, want to live the European, <laughs> no, the European no. dream, quote unquote. Yeah. Like you can't do that, and that's where you know it it comes full circle to the grassroots. And that's yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I, I what I'm saying is they need to work on getting the players to a certain level so that scouts can come in and yeah. yank and say, "Hey, you are what we need," right? Like, um, and that's the same thing with Alfonso Davies. He got Vancouver Whitecaps, helped him get to a certain level, and all of a sudden. Bayern surprisingly took him. And we were like, wow, Bayern taking, you know, uh, a raw talent like Alfonso Davies. He was a left winger. They changed him to a left back. 
you know, and the rest is history, right? And that's the thing that Africa needs to do. Get your players to a certain level. The The South Americans do it very well. Like all of these players get to a certain level. You see all of them. You start off with their small clubs and all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, PSV calls them or Porto calls them. And next minute you see them playing in the Barclays Premier League or in La Liga. And I think that's what the African nations don't do very well of is, you know, they don't have a, a methodology to work on these kids, build them to a certain level. And then when it's time, you know, you get a guy from um, from Spain saying, hey, I want to look at this player. Let, let me see what he's all about. Or we could be like, hey, look at this player. He is so good. You want him on your team, you know, and next minute you guess what? You get him for cheap for 3 million euros and the next little bit you're selling him off for 45 million pounds, right? Like it's just that. And, and now they're getting the real experience. They're working with Klopp. They're working with Pep. They're working with uh, um, uh, Tuchel, you know what I mean? And, uh, and all of a sudden you're now saying, okay, Africa now has all this wealth of talent. How did this happen? And I think that's what is missing. You look at Canada, you look at the States, all their players, spending time in Europe. You even look at, uh, at uh, Asia, um, a good chunk of their players actually spend, um, you know, time in, in Europe too as well. Um, yeah, so not, not so much, yeah. but yeah, I see what you're not, saying. Not so much, but yeah, but more than African, like, you know, players, right? I feel like the African players end up in, you know, Div 2 Belgium League or something, and mm -hmm. you never hear of them ever again, right? So that's, yeah. that's just my thing. At yeah. least it's a temporary solution. It's not the long-term fix, but it's a temporary solution to get them to at least compete. Then the next stage is, okay, let's really focus on our grassroots. Let's really focus on building up these players, getting them to a uh, special uh, uh, position where now we can say, okay, not only if our players don't leave out to abroad and they stay in Africa, they can still maintain a high level that when it comes to the world cup they are capable of competing but yeah. that's a long process yeah i just want to make two or three points to wrap up finally so like um i think it, it's interesting to look at how you know canada's done it with uh their players uh, with like Alfonso Davis and they've also done it in the past with Owen Hargreaves, right? That yep, yep. with uh, coming from Calgary uh, to Bayern Munich as well. So I think Bayern Munich scouts are really good. And I think maybe they go to, you know, I don't know like how to put it because it's a kind of touchy topic, but maybe yeah, we're going to go to a first world nation here because they've got grassroots uh, mm -hmm. in set. So I think that is the way to do it for a lot of clubs to get to the talent. But going back on to Africa, I think what they need to do is take the template of how Brazil have done it because Messi went to Barcelona. He got scouted, right? So yeah. And their grassroots were very, um, very much in the infants, like how Africa is even more so. So I think if they take that template instead of looking at Canada, I think of how they've done it. I think they need to look at uh, South America and see how they've done it and, and, and go from there.
Yeah, absolutely. And I keep saying, I keep saying it. I think uh, uh, the way South Americans do theirs, they know that they they know that they understand their limitations and they're very much open. Like you know, you hear uh, apparently Neymar. Even though this sounds so off-putting and weird, they had Neymar from day one working towards getting towards Europe. That was kind of the number one thing from day. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah. He, he was, was like that, that project. He exactly. was like one of exactly. the most so to speak. Like he, he was like that special golden boy. They could yeah. see the talent and development and confidence. And, yeah. uh, you know, Africa, you know, countries in Africa, they've got to look at that and then yep. basically try and emulate that and hype up those players and develop yep. those players and then try and find some scouts uh, to say, hey, this we believe this is a, a potential future star. You might want to have him come to your academy for a tryout. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, I, I think that almost in a sense, maybe not like crazy like Neymar's was, because in the end, I think that piece also messed him up as, a, as an athlete. But I think that in the long grand, grand scheme of things, Look at a bunch of players that you can do that to. Focus on building a good, solid academy in your country, and give the you know give these players an opportunity to get to get scouted. And once that opportunity comes, I can guarantee you, if you have five or six good, solid players that are good enough uh, to to make it out to to Europe, uh, you'll be competing in the big tournaments. That, that's the thing we're seeing actually with. Um, Senegal. Senegal has like what six players that play in the top flights in in Europe, and the same with um, Morocco. Uh, Morocco has about five to six players that all play in the top flight. So, yeah, and that's like a core of a team, right? You want the yeah. spine, and you know about at least half of your team to to be able to compete, right? Exactly. So that's the trick, guys. There's no there's not a thing, but. For some reason, we don't seem to get it right in Africa, and it just frustrates me. I'm tired of going to each World Cup, holding up hope, and being let down all everybody time. So I'm, at this time, I'm just like, you know what? It's probably going to be another European team that's going to win the World Cup. Uh, and uh, Africa may maybe make it to, I don't know, second round and get knocked out. I, I don't know. I hope it's not the case. I hope Senegal proves me wrong and Morocco does something. But um, yeah, they yeah. could be a dark horse. And, you know, like I said, it's a it's a major achievement just to make it because you have to go through all the qualifying, you know, by the, the host nation, right? And enjoy the party, whichever nation you're supporting uh, and where you're from. And it's such a prideful thing to watch your country play in the World Cup, you know, and hopefully, you know, some for even some nations, especially new nation, nations into the World yeah. Cup, uh, yeah. it's just a, an achievement to score a goal or to get a point to, you know, draw a game or to get one win. Um, and it's, it's these steps and, you know, you just got to enjoy. I mean, even top nations, England um, and other teams like Italy, <laughs> so, uh, you know, don't make it to major tournaments or, you know, get knocked out of the group stage. So, you know, it's it happens even to the yeah. best teams, uh, best nations in, in the world, right? So, 
Uh, and there's always, like I said, dark horses. So perhaps they could be a dark horse and make it to the knockout round, even if it only means them getting knocked out of you know the first round of the knockout round. It's it would still be an achievement, right? So hmm. I I do have actually I know speaking of last questions, I do have one last one, and I I was thinking about this. I have an opinion on this, but I want to hear yours. Would you take the Euro twenty twenty one title? and not make it to the World Cup or lose out on the Euro title and still make it to the World Cup? Which would you take? That's, that's a tough question, to be honest. <laughs> um, um, but then again, if they won the Euros, you wouldn't think that... Oh, because of, of Italy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you won the Euros, you wouldn't think to lose out on qualifying for the world cup but yeah they did. <laughs> yeah. They, they did. Um, you know what i would probably say yes because to win the okay. world cup is is a lot tougher to do and you know i haven't seen in my lifetime obviously because england won the world cup in 1966 i so yeah. to see england win something would have been amazing and then t- to unfortunately not make it through a qualifying game. Um, uh, 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 what was it? Italy got knocked out of a. Uh, it wasn't a regular qualifying game. It was no, a, playoff. A, playoff. Yeah. So yeah. to to get knocked out in a, a playoff qualifying game, uh, you know, by a freak goal right at the end. Yeah. Uh, but still be able to enjoy that. That achievement to actually win something for your nation because yeah. it would be more something for for my nation England than it would be than it was would have been for uh Italy uh because they've won World Cups you know in it what was it in 2006 they won the World Cup like yeah. people in our generation have seen that so for them to not win it and and they were so dirty like so, so <laughs> they, everyone knows deep down that they shouldn't have deserved that World Cup. Uh, that that uh, Euro. Euro. <laughs> uh, that's what I meant to say. Um, so I feel like, to be honest, the the reality that should have been should have been England won it because I feel bad for those those players, especially because the racism uh, abuse that they unfortunately got. Mm-hmm. Um, for missing those penalties, those three players, mm-hmm. um, to get that, I just wish that they had. You know, I I just w- obviously wish they scored those goals, but I wish that. Yeah. And I was saying this to my siblings when we were watching the final. No, I don't want it to go into the penalty shootout because they've got Dama Ruma and then the history of England as a nation yeah, penalty, with penalty yeah. shootouts, even though. We've uh, we had you know one penalties prior to that in the recent history, um, mm-hmm. but I just wish in a different reality England had won that because it would have been amazing more so for England than Italy. And then yeah, I would have took that on the chin and be like, we missed out by a freak last minute goal uh, playing against a you know a, a team that wasn't expected to uh, make it to the next. Uh, playoff game to only get knocked out by Portugal, right? So yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Honestly I think I, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. You gotta 
you got to take the cups that come, man. I know, I know it's kind of an embarrassment that Italy doesn't make the World Cup, but they, at the end of the day, they got, they got to their highest where they were crying tears of joy, winning a tournament. If England had won that tournament, it would have been absolutely chaos all over the world because that was the first time in in this generation's lifetime, right? And um, yeah, and I yeah. feel like they should have won it because, like, they had everything going for them. I mean, yeah. in 1966, when they won the World Cup, they were the host nation, so they had the home yeah. ground advantage. Yeah. And I was saying to, you know, everyone that I know, uh, when we were talking about it, when it was happening at the time, I was like, no, we've got this. The way we're playing, you know, at the time, certain games, we hadn't conceded a goal. We were playing mm-hmm. not the most attractive type of football. It wasn't, you know, the best. Uh, I'll have to be honest with that. But we were still getting the results, and we mm-hmm. had home ground advantage. And I was like, it's almost in the stars. England is coming, <laughs> coming home, right? As it's coming as, home. <laughs> though, though, as a side note, the the it's coming home. It really means that you know the sport that yeah, England yeah. invented is coming home uh, yeah. as we're the host nation. But I think it's almost been turned into, you know, the to- the, the trophies coming home uh, yeah. uh, of, you know, the nations winning the tournament uh, as football's coming home. So there's like yeah. different aspects you can, can look at. And, and yeah, different- yeah. I, I, I understand the, 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 the history behind the song. I think it actually irks, a lot of people who don't understand the, the like the song is like, hey, you know, we've been crap for how long, right? And yeah, finally, and I think it's I think is, it's turned into you know. a banter thing on both parties. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. fans like myself say it as banter as a, yeah. a positive yeah. thing, and That's a positive, yeah. And, and then other people don't like it so much because it's like uh, annoying. They think you guys are being cocky. Banter. Yeah, we, they yeah. think we're being cocky, but it's yeah. just that pride, right? And yeah. passion, and uh, if anything, I think <laughs> the Italian saying it's coming wrong, coming wrong was <laughs> a bit cocky and tongue yeah. in cheek, which I'm fine about, but it yeah. was funny. But like, I wasn't fine about how they went about, you know, taking it to Rome and uh, <laughs> winning it with their dirty, you know, quote unquote tactics. Italian type of play and tactics. And you they, know, they were exciting, though, to be honest. To be fair to Italy, they were an exciting they, team. The only they really put on a good show, man. Oh, yeah, really? they did. The only they, team they, they were using the dark arts. Oh, well, that's football, though. Like, come on. The way I look at it is, well, uh, uh, everybody's got to mature up and you've got to be yeah. a little bit messy if you want to win something. You really yeah. have to be. You know, no, you look I, at the, I, I, I get that. I, I, but I'll that pulling the player back that led to the goal should have been a foul, right? Yeah, the, the Chiellini, you mean the Chiellini pullback, sorry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, but it was called. He did get a yellow card for it. Um, but still, did, like, I did that get did that lead to a goal? I forget, I think it did, didn't it? Uh, the the Chiellini uh pull on Saka's neck is that oh, the one? You're oh, wait, about? no, it, it was because we were counter attacking, that's right. So, yeah, it, would, we it, it was yeah. probably it would have led to a goal. So, it's like if you yeah. didn't do that, like. I, like, I get that it wasn't a red card because of where it was positioned on the pitch. And yeah. he was, like, I think covering uh, players, uh, yeah. at least one covering player, right? Uh, but, 
like I said, yeah, if that didn't happen, I think he probably would have gone on and England would have scored that and won the tournament, to be honest. They, they may have scored. You never know. It, it's I, never know like... I know. That's what I said. They, they may have scored. I think yeah. I said that. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they could have won the tournament. But anyway, right. that's ifs and buts. But yeah, 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 to answer the question, to wrap this up, if you want to wrap it up, is yeah, yeah I, would have took, I would have took the Euros and missed out on the World Cup by that freak goal. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. No, no that's good. Honestly, though, you know, you know who would be proud of Italy? Who? Mourinho. <laughs> well, he, he did. He did. The, dark, the dark arts. Well, he did he say, did not even about the dark arts. He did I say. I thought you were going to say Baggio. Oh, oh, yeah, Baggio. <laughs> but, like, Mourinho did say that uh, you can go to defensive school on how to learn how to defend. And Bonucci and Chiellini are the ones who will teach you how to defend because those guys as center backs are just amazing as a, a pair uh, for center backs. But anyway, guys, I don't think they're gonna go to another World Cup now. No, they're not. They're they're way too old for that. But at least uh, Chiellini, I think, has. Does he have a World Cup? I think Chiellini has a World Cup and uh, and and a Euro. So it's quite the stellar career if you're looking at it. Um, I don't think he will complain when he puts in his two weeks. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. Well, this Alrighty, is guys. a pleasure. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome. I think I'm going to split it into two parts. Yeah, we uh, need to. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's, it's been long. I don't think anybody's going to stay here for two two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, uh, I, but think, we'll I think the, uh, the, the World Cup talk would be a good start uh, for the second part yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll do that. But no, it's been it's been awesome, Martin. Uh, really, a great pleasure uh, having a chat with you. We've got to do it again. Uh, hopefully, at uh, uh, better times for United. Hopefully, because um, I hate bringing people on when uh, we have negative negative uh, news to be updating folks on. But um, it's it's been a pleasure. Yeah, for Absolutely. United, that might not happen until next season unless we hit top four. Yeah, it might not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, awesome. It was great. Uh, the uh, Martin, do you have any um, social media accounts that you like to share with anybody on the on the pod? Uh, not right now. I'll, I'll probably start nope. up a new uh, Instagram and then I'll share that in the future. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and Vic, where can we find you? Uh, you can always find me on Instagram at Victor underscore spec. The same thing on Twitter. Um, but you can also find me at Podcast CBF because I'm also, I, I can also click that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Podcast CBF is uh, where we're located on Twitter. I usually have uh, taken over the handle and switched it over to Uncle CB. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be fun if any person wants to chat up with us. But um, thank you guys for joining the show and thank you, Martin, for joining. Uh, thank you, Vic. And you guys have a fantastic evening absolutely you too take care ciao